Welcome to uh, Checking In. We are in studios today with Ron Cannon. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Ron. Thanks for the opportunity, Nikki. It's a pleasure to have you. I haven't seen you much, uh, and I can't help but comment on the fact that you look great. Oh, thanks. I got my hair cut just for this, so <laughs> lost a couple of pounds, all that hair taken off. No, it's been interesting the last uh, three months. We've definitely, you know, the world has changed and everybody's routine is not what it used to be. I mean, you as the past president of the chamber, we, I'm still on the chamber executive and you have uh, served tremendous uh, dedication to our community and going on in the, as the past president now and haven't seen you smile so, so wide since the, you know, the burden, but yeah, it's, it's a time consuming position and thank Jeff Robinson now for stepping in and We'll have our official AGM and the transition coming up July 9th, and then we continue to work on the community. I know you're involved in other capacities in the community as well, from not just the chamber, but many hats that you wear. It's a pleasure to be, be here and to be able to call you a friend. And right back at you, Ron. So the, um, usually the checking in videos, they're there to sit down, meet with a business owner and get a, get a gauge of what's going on in their business, um, maybe discuss some challenges they're having or any opportunities or even just getting a peek in a rear view mirror on sort of their journey. So it's a different scenario uh, that I have here. Um, this is my paper with all my questions that I'm going to ask you, which is absolutely empty. So it's unusual. Uh, but, but the reason I wanted to bring you in, Ron, is because you're, you're one of the most positive people that I've ever had the pleasure of knowing. You're very community-minded, you're passionate about family and business, and you're such an amazing friend and dedicated uh, person in all that you do in the community. So it's a privilege. Well, thank it's you. a That's privilege. A uh, so. Works. I just want to talk shop. I want to know what you're doing, who you're doing it with, what's, what's, what's new and exciting. Are you, you volunteer, you drive, uh, the organization is called? Designated Driver Dads, but uh, since the last three months we actually have been going on for over 10 years and Paul Nesbitt, the founder of the organization, felt that uh, this has been a good opportunity to transition. There's some private companies that have stepped in and of course the nightclubs have been closed down. What we had as a service that between one and three in the morning people would uh, call up and we would drive the vehicle home with the vehicle chasing or following behind and it would be a complimentary or by donation service. So there are some private companies that have stepped in just like now we have some uh, new competition in the uh, taxi world and that's mm -hmm. evolving so continue to serve in other capacities and yeah, have the opportunity to spend uh, the weekend our 36th wedding anniversary with my wonderful wife Cindy and oh, Salt Spring Island. Never been there before, so it was moved some friends' uh, furniture there and back, and we had a good time of opportunity to, to tour the island and took a, a couple of bottles of uh, Summerhill Robert Bateman wine to his island. Where Robert, a uh, great Canadian artist, had resided mm -hmm. for many years, and yeah, it was uh, just a great. You know, time we want to discover British Columbia. We're being tourists in our own province and finding places that we hadn't seen before and I encourage everybody to do that because 
that's what we need to do is you know, support local, support province of BC and our British Columbians as we transition out of this uh, COVID-19 to the, the new normal, mm -hmm. whatever that may look like in your life. And I think it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. I am going to skip jumping into anything COVID-19. COVID uh, Other than positive, I think from just personally, it's been, it's been great from a, our family. We've spent more time together and, you know, for, for dinner and time for reflection. And I think it's a reset for humanity for focus on family or faith, your friends, and the positive aspect of, of life rather than so much of the material things. And that's been a, a good reset. I'm hoping that we can all take that. But um, going forward, yeah, well, we're not sure what the world will, will look like. It'll unfold as as God has plans for it to unfold as it may. You always see it half full, always. One of the many things uh, I appreciate about you, Ron. Volunteerism. You serve an awful lot in the community. Um, what are you doing right now? Well, volunteering has been something I, I guess I was raised with a family. I was the youngest of four boys. My parents were always involved in the community and they'd say, you know, you can complain about things or get involved and try to make a positive difference. So they were involved and we had the community leagues in Edmonton and, you know, we used to, everything from shoveling the neighbor's walks to making the community ice, outdoor ice and things like that. And I got paid for that later on going to school. It was in transition. A lot of times volunteer hobbies become work and paid position. But mm -hmm. uh, locally here, been in the community for over 30 years and ran 1996 to 2005 as a city councillor and shortly after got elected I met with um, Dean Cooper who used to run a couple of radio stations in town and Walter Gray was the mayor and we got together and we were big on trying to get an idea for volunteerism and we thought of career fairs and when people would get together for looking for new jobs so you go yeah. to Okanagan College and have a career fair every day I said well how about all the different non-profit organizations looking for volunteers so we ended up starting a volunteer fair 1997 and it continued on so yeah I've been worn different hats through the community as the chair of that festival and then getting involved in different uh, capacities the most recent was the uh, helped establish the child advocacy center which is just down the road on the Kirshner next to um, the foundry and it's a fabulous uh, partnership between the interior health ministry of children and family and RCMP so it's a one-stop shop for children that have been abused uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, or sexually. And uh, it's, you know, unfortunately a service that's needed, but it's definitely a, a great resource that we see in the media with the RCMP are, are needing to get services for mental health and want to work together the different agencies. So I think it was the preface of what is moving forward and needed in, in the society that's changing. Mental health is something we've been very passionate about over the years. And as we know, we have no treatment facilities for youth under the age of 17. There's less than 50 publicly funded treatment beds in the whole province. Five zero? Yes, and, and a bridge youth family are working mm -hmm. to get a treatment facility. And, you know, that's going back to the Child Advocacy Center. We're trying to be proactive in helping these children that have had an adverse childhood experience at a young age and addressing those situations so when they become adolescents, adults, young adults on the street, they're not uh, dealing through drugs and medication and trying to drown their sorrows through alcohol and drugs, but they can actually have proper addiction treatment at a young age or, or counseling. So then they can actually have that lived, lived experience and be a positive, productive member of society rather than 
you know, the whole aspect of how many people we know that have lost a loved one or hospitalized because of mental health and drug addiction. So. And that's a perfect example of hope, where if we can come upstream and try and address some of the trauma, uh, we hope that going forward there will be um, healing and there won't be the need to turn to uh, some of the, the, the drugs and alcohol and the, and the, the mental health challenges that, that we do see in a lot of communities today. So that is very preventative future. And then, like you said, um, trying to uh, support youth right now today because the future will, will see results from that in years to come. Yeah. So it's right now. It's that Absolutely. And, and I had a brother, unfortunately, he died in 2004. He was in drugs and uh, addiction and uh, overdosed a couple of times, had different treatment. But it, it is a terrible, it's a disease. And if you don't have the ability to treat somebody at the time, and that window of opportunity a lot of times is somebody wants a treatment bed, they got to have the bed available now. Don't say come back tomorrow you know, or a couple of days and we'll have a bed because it, Anybody that works with these individuals on the street, they know that it's uh, you've got to jump at that opportunity. So, so I've lived, you know, lived and learned. I've uh, lost a loved loved one, my brother. I've seen it uh, firsthand. I said mental health in our family. So I got involved with the chamber, and as I mentioned, volunteer as chairing mm -hmm. the policy committee. So we just recently passed a resolution for our BC chamber, for the province to develop the, basically there's four pillars, they call it, four, four pillar approach has been around for quite a few years. The former mayor of Vancouver, Philip Owen, started in the 90s and it's prevention, education, enforcement and treatment. So we've spent money in prevention, we have money in education, we have money in enforcement, but the fourth pillar is treatment. That's where we need help there. And if you talk with anybody, if the, working with Journey Home or any of the other organizations, John Howard Society, Canadian Mental Health, all say that, yeah, we need treatment and that's where our BC chambers rallying around because it affects people of all lives. It affects business. It affects families, communities. It doesn't matter the uh, demographic. You're, you're, it's, it's not uh, selective of, of your, uh, your age or any other gender issues. So it's non-discriminatory and it affects people of all walks of life. So happy to get involved there and well in other areas. I've uh, played drums for years in a church and volunteer and helping. I, I don't my philosophy is I, I have a company, a consulting company called Canon Consulting Corporation and uh, Rob Archibald who's a commercial mm -hmm. realtor in town and we were having coffee one time said you're really good at connecting the dots. So that's my motto is connecting the dots with integrity. I always say you know it's your t integrity you can control. If I can't do something I won't say I'll you know better to uh, under promise and over deliver. So thank you for the incredible work you do uh, at the chamber and on the policy. Um, the policies that you put forward, I, I know, I know it makes a difference in our community, um, for sure. So that leads me. That's teamwork, and you know that. It's a great, we have a great team there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to uh, another question, and and it was a conversation that came up yesterday. We have a new staff member that just joined, is absolutely so interested in policy and governance and. Uh, I found the question was um, adorable. The, the individual thought that in order to volunteer on a board, you had to uh, invest and you had to have 
um, there had to be an invitation to be able to participate. So I, I think there's a lot of younger uh, professionals and younger people within our community that would be involved, whether it be um, politically, whether it be uh, volunteering time on a on in a in an organization of anything that's of interest to them so what advice would you give to someone that is young that is starting out in their professional career um, that wants to be very involved in community and actually make an impact make a difference well it's mm -hmm. it's great i know that and that uh, young naive naivety of uh, you know the innocence like i said of a, somebody that has the ambition the desire so another board that I volunteer on, it's the Institute of Corporate Directors yes. for the Okanagan ICD board after serving almost 10 years as a member of parliament and uh, being democratically retired back in 2015. I went back to university and I received my uh, ICD accreditation through the Rotman School of Management at back to University of Ottawa. And then we have this chapter here that we're trying to meet quarterly different mm -hmm. events and we're still hoping to have a, an event in September where we can face to face. But we. There's all kinds of resources available online and happy to connect with anybody if they uh, reach out. Just roncannon at shaw.ca is my email address and uh, you can, link, through LinkedIn, you can connect as well. But I'd say whatever your, your area of uh, passion is, your interest, some people that are, uh, for example, there's uh, somebody, a lawyer, they've worked with uh, volunteering on, uh, they might work in construction law, so work with the BC Southern Interior Construction Association or something like that, or if you're working as a, um, a realtor and you want to help landlord tenants, you can get involved through whatever your interest is. Some people have a real passion, as I said, for mental health, for helping with, with um, persons with disabilities. So whatever your... Follow your passion. Yeah, whatever in your heart, your, follow your heart, I'd say, and then you can uh, then build on that. And there's numerous opportunities in the community as, as we've grown exponentially through the population, the service needs and for volunteers has also magnified as well. So you've been in the community for 30 years? Just over 30 years, yeah. And, and you've, I mean, we've been in the community 22 years and I remember coming to Kelowna from, from Alberta and I remember uh, the province was in a recession, I remember everything, I remember tons of real estate signs, everything was for sale in the community. And it's such a different city. It's, it's so, I think it's so exciting. Um, what's, your, what's your take, crystal ball, uh, Kelowna for me? Oh, in, yeah, we moved here and our third uh, child we have Amanda, Ashley, and Amy. Amy was born in 1990, about nine months after we arrived here, and it was uh, just an incredible place, a city to, to raise our family. All three of our daughters are here right now. The, the youngest is actually, uh, might be leaving us after graduation. She's in, in depot at RCMP training, and I know it's a, for our men and women serving and protecting We're our, our community. Her on. Yeah, all that's a tough profession, even more mm -hmm. so now with mm -hmm. uh, everything in the media. But uh, once again, she's got a passion for helping and wanted to help serve others. And so proud of her and our other two daughters here and our grandchildren, four grandchildren here. So it's a great place to raise a family. Uh, we were, I'd say, one of the oldest, we were actually, when I was. Uh, the Member of Parliament, the, the oldest census metropolitan area for demographic-wise, but since then with the 
be able to successfully bring in Okanagan College uh, expansion with mm -hmm. UBC Okanagan, the announcement in 2004, and then I worked with, with uh, Premier Clark and our MLAs in the city, and success, we got some federal funding to build the Okanagan Innovation Center, and that brought in a whole generation of people that graduated, they would stay here because we had this exodus, and how can we keep these people here? Mm -hmm. Remember ben, ben Stewart, the MLA, says, big, hairy, audacious goal. How can we keep these you know, students here, working with Robert Fine and others? It's been a great success to see that. And I was recently at a city council public hearing. I know I go down there a cheap Tuesday night, you know, entertainment and involved with a variety of areas. And just it's interesting to see how the city has transformed. I remember sitting on council next to Andre Blondland, and we couldn't get a six story or eight story building built, right? It was, oh what was gosh. the difference between six stories and eight stories? It was like moving your neck up a couple inches, but we had the, the galleries packed with these people opposed. Mission Group just had their second and third tower on Bernard Avenue approved the old, uh, on St. Paul, the old mm -hmm. bargain shop. It's a beautiful building and, and beautiful addition to the town. Mm -hmm. And there was nobody opposing. There was a love in around council chamber. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was very exciting to see that. And then the next day, the Daily Courier site, there was an announcement, UBC Okanagan joint with announcement with uh, working in partnership with Mission Group to develop a couple more towers there. So the transformation of our city is, you know, some people say, well, they don't like the densification. Uh, I think it's better that we go up instead of out. We have to, and over 40% approximately of our land is in the land reserve, so we have yes. to protect the, you know, that's mm -hmm. the, uh, the genesis of where we came, we're an agricultural community, and that's part of the beauty, the green belt, so respecting that. But we also continue to provide, you know, need for families and housing styles for all demographics and, and income levels. And transportation is a challenge. We're working with, on behalf of the chamber, we're working with the city on that. And, and Randy Shire from Mission Group had an excellent line. He said, have you ever toured, some, ever traveled to some of the best cities in the world? They have a transportation, a traffic problem, you know, because everybody wants to go there. So you have to realize that, that uh, we, with we the change and growing city, it's, it's mm -hmm. one of the realities. So I'm excited about that. And, and I think that, um, Overall, our uh, you know our pilot project of blocking Bernard Avenue off for the summer will uh, be, uh, be more eyes and mm -hmm. on all the businesses downtown and mm -hmm. my uh, my consulting company that I have uh, my main contract with is Interior Savings Credit Union, the only financial institution with their head office in in Kelowna, right on Bernard Avenue, uh, Bernard and Richter. So mm -hmm. it's great in the heart of uh, of the downtown and being around there and helping our community and our businesses grow and prosper and create jobs and continue to help the next generation flourish as well. Ron, thank you very much for coming in and spending time with us. You are uh, always available on a telephone call. You always respond on email. You're one of the most approachable uh, people that I, that I know of in the community. So I might be uh, setting you up, but I know if anybody has any questions on uh, anything Kelowna, that uh, I, I think you're, you always welcome the opportunity to connect and meet and speak to anybody. That's my passion is connecting people. So however I can help and uh, how can anybody say no to Nikki? <laughs> Thanks, Ron. <laughs> Thank you very much for the opportunity. <laughs>